You're listening to Two Beers Until Phrenesis, a philosophy podcast by students and graduates. Whether you've never heard of philosophy or have a philosophy PhD, we hope you enjoy these conversations as we discuss some of life's big questions over a few beers. Enjoy. probably explain why we're releasing a pilot so late into all of this. So we recorded the episode you're about to hear over the course of a couple of weeks. It was the very first thing we did almost a year ago and we finally managed to get around to recovering it from a laptop crash and stitching all the audio from the series of drunken sessions all together. We've made it as coherent as possible for you. However two things we couldn't find anywhere in the audio are first of all why we're doing this podcast to begin with and I think that's something that's changed over the last few months. So what began is something professorial and academic quickly changed into something much more informal, and I think that's definitely the way we like it. We ultimately decided that, first and foremost, we simply wanted to capture our excitement for these subjects and record a real conversation, just like the ones we had down in the pub. No theatrics, mostly improvised, talking on heavy topics, treated with intellectual respect, but combined with all the drinking, swearing and inside jokes. Hopefully, in capturing this pure passion for philosophy, we can get others interested too rather than explaining at people like so many professional podcasts already do. The final thing is what the title actually means, which a lot of people have asked us. So phronesis was an ancient Greek concept that roughly translates as wisdom, and we like the idea of being constantly just two more beers away from being truly wise, which I think is definitely true. So without further ado, here's what we could scrabble together from our first few hours working on two beers until phronesis. Enjoy! First episode. Today I'm joined by Joe. Oh, hi, Joe. <laughs> and Joe. Hello. We've already had a few mince pies and gherkins and a lot of beer. So I'm yet to graduate, but I've just done a MA in philosophy and religious thought, and obviously you guys do the undergrad. Religion and philosophy, yeah. Yes. So what was the first experience of philosophy for you guys? So, A-level, philosophy and ethics... I always lean towards the philosophy side of it anyway. Even ethics as a field of study is people's philosophies. So I've, I felt like looking at Plato's cave, which we'll talk about later, is kind of like mind-breaking. Because I, you always have these thoughts, but it's how, how people are presented to you. Yeah, You're just like, oh, yeah, that just makes sense. My kind of, I wouldn't say love, because that's... Fetishistic, fetishy, <laughs> fetishy, yeah, yeah, about philosophy, <laughs> but it's a constant interest of just trying to get my head round what people are saying that spurred me on to go to uni. Just being presented with different, interesting ideas that you've never come across before. Yeah, it was it was being presented with it and seeing the challenge of trying to understand it. So the process of yeah being presented and then not solving anything, but just understanding yeah I mean uh, mine really started in GCSEs when I studied religious studies and basically uh, the exam board that I took described it as philosophy and ethics Mm. and philosophy was nothing to do with it at all it was literally just religious studies but the word itself kind of intrigued me so when I I finished my GCSEs um, I decided to take up philosophy at A level not really knowing what to expect and so I kind of went in head first a bit and was just presented with these kind of wild ideas that didn't really make much sense until you look into them a bit more. And it just kind of blew my mind from day one, really. Yeah. From there, 
I really just didn't know what else to do. I mean, that that was what interested me more than anything. I, I studied history, I studied politics, I've done all that kind of thing. But nothing grasped me as much as philosophy because it just felt so fundamental. And, and that's what, what kind of stuck with me more than anything. Kind of the natural progression was to go to university to study philosophy. And it kind of went from there to, to study for the sake of studying and, and to enjoy it rather than finding an end goal. Yeah, no, it, it, exactly the same for me, actually. Religious studies. We had a teacher who would go off topic a lot, go on tangents and stuff. I remember we got onto, we were supposed to be talking about the cosmological argument, and we ended up talking about how an Apache helicopter can shoot a missile <laughs> forward <laughs> and then around itself down a hole. And that was, yeah. But we'd always get onto, onto different topics. But I think what I really liked about that wasn't the, the content, it was the fact that we could. Uh, alter the conversations ourselves. You could take it anywhere. Yeah. yeah. It was like a, a an egalitarian relationship between student and teacher. It was a it was a real discussion, an authentic discussion between what felt like equals. It was less being talked at. Yeah. 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 You're not regurgitating stuff, you're actually coming out with ideas by yourself. It was philosophy and ethics, but it was centered mostly around the philosophy of religion, which was a shame. I think it's massively overrated at A level stage and it's fundamentally not really what philosophy is about. But four of us were mind blown. The rest of the class were just like, yeah, so what? And I don't, I don't think a lot of people take it in. I don't think a lot of people really resonate with philosophy. Okay. Um, I don't know why I did an MA. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to do. It's always good to have more. Uh, well, I was going to say qualifications, but I'll say debt. Even, even qualifications <laughs> is like you're using those qualifications to get a job in the end of the day. Qualifications. Yeah. The concept of qualifications, I don't feel, kind of match up with a philosophy. No, no they're really yeah. Stupid, they're really yeah. Because at the end of the day, anyone who's doing philosophy isn't thinking, now I've done philosophy, I can be a lawyer. Like, what? Yeah. What, yeah. Well, they, they, like, they try and tell you you could be a barrister, or, a, yeah. you know, they, they give you, like, a list of things. It's all, it's all, teaching is the only thing you can really get out of yeah. it. Well, it, it, it's not. I mean, you can learn loads of useful skills, even if they're not directly academic. Don't be put off by studying philosophy. You can get a job. It's just don't do it thinking you're going to get a job. It's not a vocational course, and it's no. not going to lead you directly into something else. But, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche to say it, but what what it does do is it broadens your mind a little bit. It opens you up to new ideas and allows you to absorb a hell of a lot of knowledge. Yeah. And that is something that employers will look for. But the original point of the university was philosophy. Um, it, it was a little bit more like the philosophy of the state, a little bit of a nationalist twist on it, but... Um, was the idea of Bildung, of this uh, conscientious type of nationalism, of, of being a being a citizen, being a person, and thinking of yourself. And that was the centre of the university. And it's interesting how that's now changed. It's now twisted right round to, no, it's it's for a job. So the university has become job training rather than anything the, else. This philosophy aspect of university has kind of become an offshoot of that. Now. When you say, oh, I'm a philosophy student... I think you're hiding away in some office. Yeah. Joe, what is philosophy? Well, it's Greek, right? Mm -hmm. Love of wisdom. Yep. Philos, you know, love. Which was meant as an insult in ancient Greece. So it's... I've always just thought of it as just thought. That's it. Mm -hmm. Just expressions of thought. It's thought without any ulterior motive. So you're not thought think- for the sake of thought. Yeah, thought for the sake of thought, exactly. I would argue against that for certain philosophers, because certain philosophers want to address a topic. Right. 
So there would be an end goal for them. Is that more of a contemporary idea, do you think? No, because one of Plato's ideas was what is good, what is right. Okay. So he wrote a whole book on just thinking about what's good and what's right. So, yes, it is thought for the sake of thought. That I think there is always a point to be proven. Yeah, well, I think, but I think the, the fundamental need to answer those questions is just its own reward. So, for the sake of Plato, was his goal to implement the society in his eyes? Or was it to discuss it for the sake of discussing it? I, I think he would think there is merit in discussing it, being able to coherently coherently discuss it. <laughs> but I don't know, I, probably he wouldn't have thought, going to set this up. Mm. A lot of people listening to this are going to be thinking, what actually is philosophy? What yeah. do they do? Like, what is the point? Yeah, I mean, everyone does philosophy, but then you have a spectrum of actual philosophers and what they do and how they contribute to the wider world. Mm. It's a bit, a bit like the difference between uh, like theoretical philosophy you learn at uni in that kind of abstract way and you know, juxtaposing that to you know, real philosophy and moments of experience that sort of bring it home in, this, uh, in a way that really relates to everyday stuff. Yeah. So you have this Socrates and your Diogenes and these like, really detached people that sometimes give philosophers a bad name. Diogenes was a bit ridiculous. So Di- Diogenes was a guy who... Who lived in a barrel. Could you compare him to nihilism? Because he would just be like, nothing matters, what's the point? And he, he lived in a barrel, and people would come up to him and be like, Diogenes, what's going on? And he'd be rude and spit on them. I don't know why they came up to him every time. Yeah, well, he's, you know... Just leave him to masturbate in his barrel. No one wants to talk to Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, he, used he, to, he used to just pretty masturbate much what he did. barrel. Well, some people say it's a, a vase. Some people, and he apparently lived with, like, a load of dogs as well. Of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's actually something called Diogenes Syndrome. It's a, a clinical condition where you want to sort of lock yourself away from people and live in isolation. It's a lovely noise from the chair. But... Not Diogenes noises. <laughs> I'm sure he made noises like that. <laughs> That's obviously one end of the spectrum. Then you have, on the other hand, people like Pythagoras, who's a mathematician, or John Stuart Mill. Political economists, they shape laws and things. Most philosophers are really involved in the wider society, and I think that's something that goes unnoticed by a lot of people that don't really know what philosophy is. They think it's like this really detached thing. But essentially, I've always thought of philosophy as just this open conversation about things like morality, yeah. meaning, knowledge... And it goes as far back and as fundamental and as uh, deep as you like to the to the more everyday stuff. And it often gets called the father of science. Philosophy of empiricism is where we get the scientific method. In kind of contemporary philosophy, we're getting really into time of science. Really stupid. Which is not what philosophy like. needs to be at all. Not what yeah. it's supposed to be. Yeah, and then not that they're fundamentally opposed. So yeah, where do you guys think we should actually start? Because obviously we're trying to give a really basic overview. Greece is probably the best place to start. On the scale of things, it's probably the, the most primitive as well. Yeah, they had the best idea of philosophy. Well, actually, uh, before Greece, the only thing I really want to say is that there's there's two impressions that people get of philosophy. If they've never studied it or, you know, they, they've just heard the word in passing and they don't really know what it means, they usually either think one of two things, which both of these, I think, are, are a type of pointlessness, but they're, they're a little bit different. So the first is like, oh, that sounds really hard, it sounds pointless, how can you ever answer a question like, what is the meaning of life? It's just crazy to even think about it, or you must be so ridiculously brainy to even attempt such a question, I could never do that. Or, you know, or it's just wishy-washy, say what you want. You know, So both of those two ideas, I just think, neither are true. It's, it's something relevant and grounded to everyday experience. 
At least that's how the ancient Greeks see it, and that's how I think most philosophers would try and see it. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree that most of the questions I get asked when I say I'm doing religion, philosophy and ethics degree. Are you going to be a priest? That's my first question. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I always Are get you going to be a priest? I get the priest question, or, yeah. How's that going to lead into a job? Yeah, yeah sure, definitely. yeah. But uh, what can you do with that? Yeah, what can you <laughs> yeah. do with philosophy? Where are you going, well, I could give you the whole spiel about how it teaches you skills, whatever. Which it does. I Which think. it does. Fair enough, it does. But that's not the point. But the point of it for me is the fact that I can just do it. Why would I not want to just think about yeah. my surroundings, yeah. the world? Is that not a valuable so thing? Getting into, I mean, we naturally gravitate towards Plato every time, but isn't the unexamined life isn't worth living? Mm. Just for the sake of sitting down and thinking about thinking, and just to absorb your surroundings and take it in and actually study it properly. But I think that's where people get the idea of it's just wishy washy. Yeah, you're just yeah, sitting yeah. around. You're right. If I've ever met Plato, I wouldn't want to have a go at him, but like, well, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, I, I think I think he takes that idea a little bit too far. Well, maybe he doesn't, but Socrates definitely did. Has this idea of the philosopher? He he often uses Socrates, and there are other people like Diogenes. It's like you don't need to take your life to that extreme. That classic idea of the philosopher who's thinking so much he falls into a pit, mm. walking along doesn't see where he's going and he falls down. I mean that's that story has been used for. They'll start with Thales as well. Probably it, it, it's it's this, it's this thing attributed to loads of them. Yeah, but I think that's such a caricature of a philosopher because there's a difference between learning philosophy at university level which is really learning about philosophy, and actually living philosophy, which is, I would argue, it's a way of life. Yeah. Philosophy, I feel, I feel is done by everyone to some degree. Def- definitely. So even if you're, you're sitting in front of the TV and you're thinking, what, what, what am I doing? Mm. Like if you're having a, a tiny bit of an existential crisis, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're thinking philosophically. So I think by taking it into a more constructive say to, to just think about oh what is the best use of my time my time is finite what am I going to do in my life I think that's important because you know and I, and I think also philosophy at least tries to have no lens in terms of its thinking there's no premise which is taken to be true like the difference between philosophy and theology because I, I always think philosophy is non-religious religion can be philosophical and Philosophy can sometimes sort of flirt with religion a little bit, but I think the two are pretty much separate. But like theology, no matter how intricate it gets, no matter how questioning it gets, it always takes a few basic premises as as given, like God exists, the Bible is true. In in what manner they exist and what truth means when it comes to the Bible, that's that's a little bit, you know, you can play hard and fast with it. But I think philosophy doesn't accept anything as tr- as true. It, it it's always questioning everything. It's a process as well. Mm. And the Greek idea involved beer. They thought you couldn't do philosophy unless you were pissed, because then you'd speak the truth. Not so wrong. it's pretty appropriate for this. Mm. I went to an open day um, for my college at my sixth form, and the guy who was running it basically had a pool table in front of him. Um, with just a, a few coloured pool balls on it and he said what colour is this and it was a red pool ball I said it's red he said how do you know and I kind of just smiled at him and said okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> and from then on you know just kind of him saying yeah. just stuff like that just kind of intrigued me I thought well he's right I don't know <laughs> yeah and that, that might sound kind of weird to people that haven't or, or unimportant but 
it's those kind of questions that open you up to the world of philosophy, and that's that's their Definitely. that's their main importance. It you know it's not that they have a use; they're not going to get you a job, but they're interesting. It's just interesting, and that's that's enough. Absolutely. So it's the most foundational type of thinking. That's basically what philosophy is. It it takes everything right back to its roots. So in a lot of ways, it's it's the subject. Going along with what you said about philosophy is the root of thought and knowledge. Every every other kind of subject you can apply to philosophy. You can apply history to philosophy. You can apply even yeah, well, media a philo- to philosophy. There's a philosophy of history. There's a philosophy of media. Philosophy of religion, even. It, philosophy is and, the, and philosophy is the original subject. Yeah. When we talk about science in a modern day context, in ancient Greece, science was called natural, natural philosophy. philosophy yeah. yeah. So philosophy is really where education as a whole started. So even though it might might seem like meaningless ideas, you can apply it to anything, and you can see what it leads to. Yeah. Yeah. If it does sink in, um, it will fundamentally change how you see everything. It's the most open and thought-provoking subject, rather than just spewing what you've read from yeah. textbook on a page. It's a Socratic method, uh, where Socrates doesn't tell anyone what they think, it's it or what he thinks, he just asks questions. He just, he just goes around asks. bothering people with yeah. questions, doesn't he? And he just goes, oh, why is that? Why, why, why? Like a kid. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. but a lot of people take this the wrong way, and they think, okay, well, philosophy, can, if, if there's no wrong answers, then that's really pointless. That's so wishy-washy. But... I think, well, just because it's subjective doesn't mean you don't have rights and wrongs. You've got to get them to persuade people. You, and that, you have to be able to back up your argument properly. Yeah, and there, there enters the, the useful side of philosophy that Definitely. everyone seems so eager to push, which is fine. But I, I take issue with the idea that philosophy is just a completely separate entity to anything else. Mm, yeah. People think, oh, philosophy, you're literally in a bubble when you're thinking about philosophy. It's heavily linked, isn't it? Yeah, well, this, this nothing, is why I want to take on some of the more applied subjects in these podcasts. Nothing happens in a vacuum. No. Everyone no. will have a bias about any kind of opinion, and they'll bring that to their argument. And I don't think anyone who's talking about philosophy or any actual published philosopher is just a blank slate who comes up with these stupid ideas. Yeah. I don't think anything isn't culturally or historically reinforced. So when people think... You're a philosopher, you're just going to sit around all day, not think about anything that has any actual meaning. It won't change my life. I, I just don't agree with that at all, because everything is linked to everything else. A lot of stuff gets put in the camp of philosophy that's just naff, just utter bollocks. Like, like what? Like palmology and Reiki. Have you ever had some Reiki? Oh, what's Reiki? <laughs> you get fire, or candles, or tea lights, and... You sort of give someone a back massage without touching them. But a lot of those sort of kooky ideas get lumped into what people think philosophy is. You know, and I think when you say, I study philosophy, you have to play this game where you're like, okay, so do they know what philosophy is? Do they, or are they going to think I study hippie Buddhism type yeah. stuff? Or do they think yeah. I'm, I'm religious? Then they'll just give me their own interpretation of philosophy. Yeah. And it'll always end up being a, uh, a Chinese... Proverb. Pro- yeah, a Chinese or or a, a, fortune, a, a, a cookie. fortune cookie. They're like, oh yeah, uh, uh, wisdom yeah. is wisdom what is. What I get, I don't know if you guys have encountered is, well, what's your philosophy then? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, what, yeah. What, sorry, what? what? <laughs> that's, that's, what? That's, yeah, what well, one is an outlook. Like, my philosophy is never be late. 
And it's like that's not yeah, that's not philosophy. That's not the that's, the, an di- that's not the discipline and philosophy. Oh. So yeah, it, it's it's more academic than some of these people might. It's not this stupid. It's not an ancient Chinese proverb. Yeah, it's, it's not simple. You can't sum it up in a sentence. It's not, but it's not hard. It's not. It's not something that most people can't do. In fact, most people are natural philosophers. Also, another thing I think, if you're not familiar with philosophy, I don't think you can ever be completely familiar with no. philosophy. No. It's just balmy. Yeah. Some of the things that people put to paper, they're just completely mad. This is what I've been talking about with a lot of people who ask me, kind of, how did I get into philosophy? And really, it started in A-level when I studied it, quite rudimentary, but still. And one of the first things I picked up was direct realism versus indirect realism and idealism. And it pretty much started from there, just the idea that what we are seeing isn't necessarily a perfect representation of what is there. So the main kind of example that is used against direct realism is that a pencil put into a glass of water appears to be crooked. But we all know that the pencil is not in fact crooked, it's an illusion created by the water, suggesting that direct realism is wrong. Which leads us to the idea of indirect realism. We have a kind of interpretation of the external world that relates to it, but is not a direct representation of it. So there is a gap between actual reality and then how we see it. As soon as you accept, well, you kind of accept that all we know might not be the full picture. Yeah. That opens it up to anything. Definitely. Because as soon as you kind of acknowledge that human perception is flawed, that it's limited and finite, anything goes. Yeah. I think you have to consider the possibility. This isn't everything. I think we're very arrogant to suggest that the external world exists based on how we see it, because ours is just one interpretation mm. of how it might be. Mm. And from there, that blew my mind. Well, I mean, we talked a lot about Plato. It's It was Plato's analogy of the cave. Yes. Mm. That, yeah. I, after hearing that, I was just like, why? Should, should we describe that? Yeah, yeah, we should, actually. Um, so Plato's analogy of the cave is pretty much the first thing you'll learn in philosophy if you do it at a level at least it's what i it's what i learn it's what a lot of people learn oh, do you guys want to so the best way i can describe it is imagine in your mind a cave right <laughs> yeah. imagine a cave it's dark it's damp and in this cave are four people they're they're in chains they can't move and all they can do is look at this one wall and this one wall is illuminated by a fire behind them from birth or as far as they can remember, this is all they've seen. All they can see is the shadows. All on the they wall. can see is the shadows on the wall. Like right? a projector, yeah. Like so, it's like for them, it's like you're watching EastEnders, and all you know is EastEnders. Right, that's mm-hmm. it. So for that's them, that's your reality. That's their reality. Right? Yeah. So that yeah, the, the sounds echo around the cave. They think it comes from in front of them. They think mm-hmm. it, the shadows are the actual things. In themselves, but they would—they wouldn't understand the idea even. Then they would find it laughable if you suggested to them they were seeing an illusion. So then the story goes that one of them breaks free, one of them finds their way out of the cave. Well, he—he's dragged out. Is he I, dragged? He out? Would, yeah, he's dragged out by by the philosopher, which is Socrates, to make this point that coming out of ignorance, it has to be forced by a, a philosopher. There is a little bit... It's a classic of, elitist age. Yeah, they, they, yeah. Are quite, they are quite elitist. So when he gets up to the top, he's... Blinded by the, the, the sun. But the sun's like a metaphor. I'm doing those... The yeah. metaphor for... Air quotations. Air yeah. quotations. The, the metaphor of, like, 
wisdom and truth. Yeah. So imagine you've just come out of this cave and then you realise there's a whole world outside. That's what philosophy is trying to like yeah. bring to you, another reality. I think one of the first things a lot of people have difficulty with when they learn, especially sixth form stuff, is stuff like Kantian ethics because it's a totally different way of thinking about what ethics is and what it means. A lot of people get confused because they, they hear ideas like duty and uh, then other strange words like uh, yeah, the categorical imperative. And so you, you think you get your head around it and then you don't. And it's yeah, it's, it's that process of yeah, realising that there's there's a this whole conceptual world and you, you've got to sort of rewire how you think to understand it. And I don't think anything like that before in education had challenged the way I thought. A lot of Platonic and Cartesian philosophy was a massive influence on the Matrix trilogy. Well, the first one, anyway. And the Lego movie. Oh, right. Have you seen the Lego movie? I haven't. It's kind of like Toy Story, but they don't know that they're Lego pieces. Sorry if you've not seen the Lego movie, you should watch it, which is good. Spoiler alert. One of them falls through, like, this void thing. Right. Uh, the main character. And then regains consciousness as a Lego figure. Right. And he realises that his whole world, his whole reality, is dictated by a child playing with Lego toys. So he realises... This is the actual reality. That's pretty cool. It's, dude, it's a great film. Honestly, <laughs> really good film. You should watch it. So, for the audio listener, imagine you've seen Lego Movie and that's what Plato was talking about, because that's what he was talking about. When I think of philosophy, I think of just out there ideas. Yeah, that, no, definitely. That by themselves they're enjoyable to understand and admire on a certain level, but then. You get into the... To kind of dissect it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, asking questions, but also reframing existing questions. Because a lot of people think, especially when you when you type in, when you Google philosophy, you get two different definitions. One of them's like the study of philosophy and the philosophy is a, a way of life and everything. The other one's like, I have a philosophy. Yeah, it's an outlook, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, that, that can be part of it, especially when philosophers put forward like ethical theories and things. But even then, they're not making up an outlook. They're usually sort of reframing existing ideas. They're taking things that are true and just giving them names. Like when Bentham says stuff like, oh, the greatest good is for the greatest number of people. He's not like just inventing off the cuff uh, an idea of good. He's observing and constructing. He's not yeah. plucking it out of thin air. And that's kind of the whole thing with ethics in general. It's not, it's not setting up laws for how we should act. It's more observing how we act and, and kind of adding ideas to that so that's where all the kind of ethical ideas come it's from it's kind of formulating how we already act definitely yeah which I would again marks it as different from religion yes yeah so that's all we've got time for pretty much for today so yeah this episode has basically just been an introduction to philosophy very briefly going forward from this we're going to be looking at specific questions each week and if you want to get in touch and email us a question, feel free. Uh, I don't know. Oh, the fuck's the email address? Fuck it. you find it on the thing. <laughs> <laughs> cut, this, cut this shit out. Um, I feel like tomorrow, while sober, he's going to be like, so tomorrow we'll be looking at it. <laughs> 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 he's going to just overdo everything. Oh, my God. He's going to do all his parts, but sober. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I refute your suggestion, Joe. <laughs> 
Rather on the contrary. <laughs> <laughs> And we're gonna be like drunk twat. Yeah, yeah. We're like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you amateur. Uh, and yeah, if you have made it to the end of this podcast, then thanks for bearing with our lack of a proper multi mic setup. We're gonna try and improve our sound quality one day. So yeah, for now, that's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from first Joe, me. Goodbye from Alpha Joe, me. <laughs> Cheers. sit about and I think a lot of the people that <sighs> developed a philosophy <laughs> not a uh, a cracker uh, not a cookie philosophy fortune For, not a fortune cookie philosophy <laughs> a cracker how many beers have we had John? a cracker <laughs> not, not a, a cracker, cracker philosophy, philosophy. <laughs> seems like a kind of somewhat white racist term <laughs> yeah. oh I do love those crackers you get. <laughs> a of chunk not a, not a fortune cookie philosophy but an actual philosophy yeah I found myself doing Fuck. the same as well oh.